Hey guys, Pastor Jurgen here. I'm so glad you're tuning into one of our powerful messages that is guaranteed to absolutely elevate your life to another level. At Awaken, we only want to preach fresh, real, powerful to help you grow stronger in your walk with God, develop your faith so you can take more territory. I'm praying that God blesses you and enriches your soul as you listen to this amazing word from God. God bless you. Put your hands towards heaven. God, we just want to thank you for having incredible plans for the Treasure Valley. No one knows how to unlock treasure like you, God, because nobody paid a higher price. Nobody has purchased the rights to the Treasure Valley like you have. The price tag was your own blood, and you purchased us, and you intend to unlock us. And I just say anyone who's been locked up emotionally, I feel like even somebody you've had a hard time worshiping and, and you're coming into a season where God is going to unlock your heart and he's going to bring um, freedom from shame, um, from some personal unforgiveness. You know, it's one thing to forgive somebody else, but sometimes the hardest person to forgive is yourself. And I just hear somebody, you let yourself down. And, and you're going to come into a place, though, where you're going to be able to forgive yourself, and it's going to unlock your heart. And, and I just say, everyone who's in here, we want to be unlocked, Father. We don't want one drop of your precious blood wasted on our life. We want to apply everything you intended for us, every single thing. You, per you deserve us to work. You deserve the treasure inside us. So we apply it again in Jesus' name. We all said amen. High five a couple people. Grab a seat. We're going to have some fun today in church. We love church. Um, it's warm up here. It's the Holy Spirit, Daniel. Daniel and I are the two of the sweatiest men in, in the world. So um, I got to boast on Daniel. Um, we're really actually prepared for service. But we were watching a Vision Builders video um, before service, and it had everything to do with San Diego and everything to do with Awaken Academy, which are great things, but neither of which are here in the Treasure Valley. And I was like, if I hear San Diego one more time, I don't want to hear it. So I said, we're not showing it. Who could I have last minute rip an offering message? So I called, I said, Sean and uh, Daniel. Now again, not can you communicate, because anybody can communicate, but whose life is marked by the fruit of faithfulness in the area of finances? Because that's not what we're, we're not, not looking for gifts ever. We're looking for fruit. We're looking for a life. I didn't even know that you had that story. I didn't even know you guys had just done that. I didn't know. But both Sean Burroughs and Daniel said, I'm in. I got it. We're prepared. And so they had to wrestle over who got to do the nine and... <laughs> And uh, Daniel got to do the night. I just want to honor you, man, the way you and Caitlin live your life. And get used to this. 
Get used to God moving in your life, in your life. This is going to be the greatest year of your life. You're going to see God move. You're going to see God show up. You're going to be stretched to trust him and believe him like never before. And I want you to know, Melissa and I right now are being stretched like never before, being called on by God to give everything once again. And so uh, we're, gonna, we're in our Vision Builders month, and you don't even know what that is. This is our first. We've only had a church here for two months, and we only have Vision Builders like one month of the year, so it happens to be the third month. This is actually our ninth service that we've had. People keep showing up like new people are coming. Did we even welcome new people? We did? You did? Okay. I tell you, it's a little warm up here. Um, but we love vision builders. I think if there's any, there's a lot of big rocks at Awaken. The biggest rocks, probably prayer. Okay. Um, we love worship here. Um, we love our conferences. Our conferences are crazy. You want to expose yourself to and immerse yourself in the presence and power of God. Go to Cherish Conference, ladies. Go to a Merge Conference, men. Merge Conference was a. I think, what, how many guys we take, Sean? 70-some guys? I don't even, we hadn't even been open yet somehow. How'd you guys pull that off, Nate? What the heck are you doing? Manipulating people? What are you, what are you doing, man? Flipping mafia? What, what are you, threatening people? Blackmailing people? <laughs> and here's why, though. We're going to have conferences here. But sometimes you got to go someplace you've never been to see something you've never seen so you can bring back to the place that you live something it needs. You're going to need, these conferences are wild. Some of the big rocks we have. Um, but Vision Builders is one of the big rocks that we have because we're a territory-taking church. We're a church that likes ground. We live in a culture where there's a battle for territory a battle for influence, a battle for everything that matters. And you are, are in a church that likes to battle. We like to fight for, for what's ours. We like the righteous to be in authority. We like the wicked to not be. And you can't see the wicked dispossessed if you're not willing to fight. You can't say things like, well, whatever God's will will be. No, our job is to discover his will and then be about it. Bring it about. And that's vision building. So we're going to get into it a little bit. But before we do that, we just had finished our vision builders seed in January because God speaks to my wife sometimes before he speaks to me. Still trying to work that out with him. But, uh, and as a result, we one week later ended up buying a dream home. And we just finally moved in and we got a theater room in there. And it was time for the first, what's the first movie we're going to watch in our brand new, anybody like movies? So if, if this was like, you're, you're consummating your theater room, what movie are you going to watch? It's a family movie, okay, just want you to know. Greatest Showman, okay, anybody else, any, any feedback, what would you, what would, 
Gladiator. I'm, uh, yeah. My 13-year-old daughter would appreciate that. Garrison. Yeah. Yeah. What's that? We have a winner. We watched The Lion King. What a movie. What a great movie. Back when Disney used to produce extraordinary films, creative films that didn't have some type of a um, hidden agenda. And I was just looking at it. It was 29 years ago The Lion King was produced. Simba, you have forgotten who you are. It's nothing like the voice of Mufasa. Scar, one of the best, most hate. I, I like a film where I hate the bad guy. If I can't figure out who the bad guy is, then it doesn't work for me. I need to hate him. Scar is just so nefarious. He's like, he's really the devil. He's really the devil. You know what's even funny is, even Whoopi Goldberg was funny 29 years ago. She was a hyena then. She's the only person, she's the only person who's stayed in character for 30 years. She's still a hyena. She's still on the dark side. But she's just not funny anymore. It's funny, when you trade humor in for narrative, you're no longer funny. Hey. Welcome to Awaken. It's not Awoken. It's Awaken. <laughs> Funny, though. I don't even know what to call, you know, it's Pride, Wa Pride Rock, and I was like, shoot, I'm glad that this wasn't written now. during Pride Month. But here's what happens. What I love about The Lion King, it is such a perfect picture of when the wrong people are in authority and how it destroys everything that was intended to function. And you look, first of all, you start appointing people that have no business being in leadership. And you, you start to enter into agreement with the hyenas, and they start running things and ruling things and ruining things. Has anybody been to downtown Seattle in a while? Or downtown Portland in a while? Or downtown San Francisco? In a, what you have is you have the wrong people in leadership driving it into the ground and destroying it. But what I love about The Lion King, I'm not going to preach the whole message on The Lion King, but there's a lot in here. There's a lot in here. I was more than entertained. I was inspired. I was challenged. I think, you know, the other thing about when the wicked are in authority, all the good animals, healthy animals, move to Boise. And I was watching, like, thinking, the danger, though, the danger is some of us who did leave cities may end up being called back there one day. And I want you to know this is in Akuna Matata land where you have no worries 
No, no, no. This is a place where we fight, where we find our purpose, we find our voice, we find our identity. And there's a, there's a battle for identity right now. And I would say to every young person, every person who's 25 or younger, there is a war after your identity right now. And there's only one person who can mark you with your identity, and it's your engineer, the one who built you and created you. And if you look for this world to determine who you are, or more importantly, whose you are, you're going to be very confused. But if you come in to relationship with a good God who loves you so much that he purchased you, okay, out of darkness, out of judgment, to set you free into his wonderful light, it's only in that light that confusion is broken. So go home and watch The Lion King. There's a lot in it. Got a great message today. You guys ready to dive into this? Let me say a quick prayer. I haven't seen this clearly in a while. I don't know if it's because I've been on keto. I love keto and I hate keto. I love keto because you lose weight and you feel good and you get clarity, but you just don't lose weight where you want to. It's like, my legs are skinny enough. <laughs> I need this to go away. And that doesn't seem to go away, but my legs got skinnier. I'm like, come on. Like, why does the stuff you want to go first go last or not go at all? But anyway, apart from that, I've been seeing pretty clearly. And they do say that keto is a brain diet, actually. They say also about keto, if somebody's on it, they won't stop talking about it. I'm not sure if that's true or not. <laughs> but my prayer has been, God, help me to communicate this message as clearly as you've shown it to me. Because I see so clearly what God wants to say right now to us. And I just am asking that I could not be cool, not be funny, but to actually deliver. And um, I'm very sobered, actually, by this word, because I think it'll really help us. Um, so are you ready? The word of God can change your life, should change your life. We place a high value on God's word, and we're going to start in God's word. We're going to start in Matthew 5, 8 through 16. A lot of scripture. Have a lot of scripture. We need a lot of scripture in us. Um, I'm dying of heat up here. I'm believing I'm not pitting out like uh, my man, but. I'm in white. Thank you. Um, you guys ready to get into the word? This is uh, what I like about reading scripture like this is all three of the passages I'm going to read have a lot of context. And so it's very important not to just grab this or grab that, but to really read the word in context so you can see the fullness of it. And there's the, the scriptures we're going to go through today have a lot of powerful context for God's will for your life and mine. And so we're going to get started here. Um, Matthew 5, it's the tail end of the Sermon on the Mount. Um, Matthew 5, in case you don't know, is one of the most 
potent and powerful um, pockets of scripture that you'll ever find. Um, It says, God blesses those whose hearts are pure, for they will see God. God blesses those who work for peace, for they will be called the children of God. And God blesses those who are persecuted for doing right, for the kingdom of heaven is theirs. He doubles down a little bit on this, and I think the church doesn't like preaching this kind of stuff, but Awaken does because we're fighters. So because we're people that put our neck out there, put our voice out there in places where we're told you don't have an opinion, you're not supposed to be in politics, you just, you know, just live your quiet little church. Um, unfortunately, that's just not how Jesus was. He kind of stuck his finger into everything and kind of likes us to do the same. He doubles down. He says, God blesses you when people mock you and persecute you and lie about you say all sorts of evil things against you because you are my followers. Be happy about it. Wow. Be very glad for a great reward awaits you in heaven. And remember, the ancient prophets were persecuted in the same way. He goes on to say, you are the salt of the earth. But what good is salt if it has lost its flavor? Can you make it salty again? It will be thrown out and trampled underfoot as worthless. You are the light of the world, like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your good deeds shine out for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. Name of this message is God's Blueprints. God's Blueprints. We actually believe that our, we do teach around success. We just have a very clear definition of it. Discover God's will and do that. Figure out what God's doing right now in the earth. There are things he wants to do. There are things that he's interested in. There are battles he wants fought. There are evil things he wants taken out. There are good things he wants built. Our definition of success is what does he want built? And what does he want to build in the Treasure Valley? Do you think he wants to do something here? Do you think God has an appetite to move? Do you really believe what the Bible says, that the eyes of the Lord look to and fro throughout the whole earth, looking, looking and longing to show himself strong on behalf of those whose hearts are reading off of his blueprint. The secret, the secret to success, biblical success is God's will and God's will alone. That is the only thing you and I will be accountable to is did we do the things he showed us to do. Awaken is a church that's driven to know God's will so that we can do it and be found faithful. And that is it for us as a church, for us as a leadership team, for us as a worship team, every aspect for us as a kids ministry as we're getting youth off the ground, uh, hopefully by the end of the summer, we're, we're, we're doing it, we're planning, you know, you just got to do it right, can't do it all at once, we're nine weeks in. Um, every aspect of our life, we want to read off God's plan, his blueprints, okay? I'm going to read another scripture to us. The first thing I want us to see 
is when he designed us and gave us blueprints as a church, he designed us for impact. He designed that he would have a church that was potent and powerful and impactful and effective. So I want to read here. This is out of 2 Kings 2, 19 through 22. I want to thank God for my incredible wife. I honestly, I don't know if it was keto. Did I, did I mention? Did I mention I was? You could just tell. <laughs> but I'm telling you, like the last two weeks, I've been sick as a dog. And I don't get sick. I haven't been sick since we moved here in December. And, uh, and I am like the most lame, miserable, sick person that does walk the planet. To be in the house with me is not good. To be around me is not fun. There's no part of me that's enjoyable. And I didn't even really know what to do this weekend. And uh, Melissa said, uh, I think it was Thursday or Friday, she says, babe, I was reading in scripture out of Second Kings. Of course, she's the holy one hearing from God. And she's like, I just feel, I've heard you preach this message out of um, the first miracle that Elisha did, and I just feel life on it. And babe, I just need you to know, like, that alone just triggered something in me. And it was like the first time in like two weeks, which felt like two years. You know how it is when you've been out for a little while. You forgot what it feels like to live or hope or think that things will ever get better. Like, that's where I was. Like, it was bad. It was the man flu. It was full on man flu. I'm surprised I'm even alive. But babe, honestly, like, you're such a, what I liked, you know, getting back to the Lion King. I liked Nala. Nala was strong, but she wasn't feminist. She didn't, she called Simba up and said, we need you to be strong. We need you to be king. And, and that's how you are with me. You, you're strong. You're powerful. But even this week, you called me up. And so here I am. <laughs> And I'm feeling much better, by the way. Um, one day, this is out of 2 Kings 2, 19 through 22. The first point, designed for impact. In other words, if you were the architect and you were reading the pages of the architectural design for what, when God built the church. Remember when he built the church and he said the gates of hell will not prevail against what I'm building. I'm building something so potent so unstoppable that no force in hell can stop it. That's what I'm building. That's what I'm building. It doesn't matter what it's looked like for the last 40 years. His original intent was to build a church that was impactful. And anytime you get off script and you start building things the wrong way, the beautiful thing is you can always tear it down and build it right. It's never too late to start doing things right. Okay, 2 Kings 2, 19 through 22. This is Elisha's first miracle. Powerful. He was the successor of Elijah. Remember Elijah who called down fire on Mount Carmel, um, went face-to-face -face against Jezebel, which is, again, the spirit of this age, the spirit of this day. Um, 
And, um, but Elisha, when he succeeded him, he said, I want double the power, double the miracles. It's a good thing to long to be used mightily of God. Elijah was the most powerful man he'd ever seen, and he's like, that's great, God, but I just want more. I really want to encourage you to have an appetite for more, more of him, more leadership ability, more courage, more strength, more ability to spend time in prayer. It's okay to long for more, and Elisha longed for more, and this is his first miracle. It's a great miracle. One day, like this, the leaders of the town of Jericho visited Elisha. We have a problem, my lord, they told him. This town, let me, let me back up. One day, the leaders of the town of what? Jericho. So what's Jericho in Israel's history? Wasn't that the promised land? A land flowing with milk and honey? What happened? What happened to Jericho, the place that God promised them? Remember they came out, the spies, with like grapes the size of watermelons? Like it was like the promised land. But something has happened. Somehow they got off script. Somehow they got off the plan. They got off the blueprint. And it's no longer producing the way it was intended to produce for God's people. What I like is they went to the prophet. They went to the man of God. They went to the seer, the person who sees. A prophet isn't just a person that can read the future. It's a person who can release the kingdom. A church that can't release the kingdom is not a church. A church that reports the news is not a church. A church that changes the weather is a church. Awaken is a weather-changing, territory-changing. You, you got to hear me. We didn't come here to report the news. What I liked is Elisha had enough respect from the leaders that they thought he might be able to do something about it. It says, one day the leaders of the town of Jericho visited Elisha. We have a problem, my Lord, they told him. This town is located in pleasant surroundings, as you can see, but the water is bad, and the land is unproductive, Elisha said. Oh, oh Elisha responds, bring me a bowl with what in it? Salt in it. Does that sound a little bit like Jesus when he said, you are the Salt. So they brought it to him. Then he went out to the spring that supplied the town with water and threw the salt into it. And he said, this is what the Lord says. I've purified this water. It will no longer cause death or infertility. And the water has remained pure ever since, just as Elisha said. God's intentions are good. Our job as the church is to release the will of God and be salt. Our job as a church is to go into every sphere of culture and bring impact. Every sphere of culture is meant to be functioning. Everything that America, listen, America is a promised land. 
It's actually one of the greatest miracles in the last 250 years. One of the greatest moves of God in the history of the universe is America in the last 250 years. Now, our education system would love to teach you that that's not the truth and that we're wicked and racist and evil. But good nations drive racism out of their nation, which is what we did, the Emancipation Proclamation. Why our Civil War, we spent 700,000 lives fighting to end slavery. Great organizations and great people fight to get better. America is an extraordinary nation as long as we stay on script. We've gotten off script. We need the church to be potent again, powerful again, prophetic again, engaged again. Anybody want to be a part of a church like that? Yeah. You mean I'm not just supposed to stay home and sing songs and wait for Jesus to come back? Why would Jesus say you're going to be persecuted if he didn't intend for you to engage in the world? Okay, okay. Let's keep moving here. Is this okay? Is this okay? What I found is um, most of God's good intentions are polluted right now. Everything's polluted. Everything's polluted. And listen, the enemy's never done polluting. He's never done polluting. He's never satisfied. He's never like, well, I wrecked San Francisco. Yeah, uh, let's just leave Boise alone. Oh, you better believe that he has plans for Boise. And the only hope for Boise, you know what it is? Us. Us. If you have your, like, Akuna Matata attitude out here, I'm sorry. It'll creep in. It'll come for us. It will. It's never satisfied. And we have to have a vigilant, hungry attitude. Okay. This all right? I got to keep moving. You and I were designed for influence. I'm really excited to have a DJ with us here. DJ and Brooke, love having you guys. Um, at Awaken, at Vision Builders, you know, we really believe that we're called to take the arts. And we just came off of Hero the Rock musical. And I wanted to just show the trailer clip of, uh, since we have Jesus, you might not have noticed, stand up, DJ. He's the guy that played Jesus in Hero the Rock musical, and we're very passionate about who tells the stories and the narratives of our day. If we continue to let a woke Hollywood raise our kids and we don't take the arts, we lose everything. And so I wanted to just show this clip real quick. Can we show that, that, that uh, trailer? Moss, turn it up a bit. You can run on for a long time. Little Johnny Cash. Run on for a long time. Sooner or later, gotta cut you down. Go tell that long-tongued liar. Go and tell that midnight rider. Tell the rambler, the gambler, the backbiter. Tell him. 
Oh, come on. We have Raquel here who was leading worship too. She was, she was unbelievable. What a talent. Augusta sings like, sings like an angel for real. She was an angel. Listen, there's a lot on the line right now. Stakes are high. You know why we do Vision Builders is because we're investing in that. We got films that we're going to start producing. We're going to produce the finest content on the planet. And we're taking everything back. We're taking education back. I'm telling you, we are. And it might take 10 years. It might take 40 years. I don't care how long it takes. The price tag, though, is vision builders. It's why we need you to actually prosper. Not so you can have more stuff, so that you can do more good and back more good and get funding behind the things that move the needle. Yeah. We're designed for influence. Every spirit culture, every spirit culture, every spirit culture. The only thing that makes me sad about Hero is it's not on a bigger stage. You know what, you know what it takes to get it on a bigger stage? Invest people that are just bought into the vision. But what I see is when you begin to show things like that and you give people an opportunity to get behind vision, that's where business owners like me, I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I'm going to go build another contract. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to work harder this week. I got an ability to go, you know, land another contract, and I'm just going to give all the proceeds to Hero, you know. You see, what happens, though, is if you don't give people purpose or a reason behind their winning, what we want to do is hitch your winning to kingdom. All right, last point. Designed for influence and we're designed to take territory. I'm going to try to rush through this last scripture, but I don't want a, you to rush through it in your heart. Follow this with me. It's actually around the rich young ruler. This story is mind-bending. Follow with me. We're going to read it out of the New King James Version. Now... As he was going on the road, this is Jesus, one came running and knelt before him and asked him, good teacher, what shall I do that I may inherit eternal life? So Jesus said to him, why do you call me good? No one is good but one, and that is God. You know the commandments. Do not commit adultery. Do not murder. Do not steal. Do not bear false witness. Do not defraud. Honor your father and mother. And he answered and said, teacher, all these things I've kept from my youth. And then Jesus looking at him and loved him. I want you to know you can't challenge somebody who you don't love. A lot of times the problem with the church is we're, we have no problem challenging people. We just lack love. Or we love people and we don't challenge them with truth. Jesus was the perfect tension of truth and love. He looked at him and loved him and said, one thing you lack, go your way, sell whatever you have and give to the poor and you'll have treasure in heaven and come, take up the cross and follow me. But he was sad at this word and went away sorrowful for he had 
great possessions. Then Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, how hard is it for those who have riches to enter the kingdom of God? And the disciples were astonished at his words, but Jesus answered again and said to them, children, how hard is it for those who trust in riches to enter the kingdom of God? It's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. And they were greatly astonished, saying among themselves, who then can be saved? But Jesus looked at them and said, with men it's impossible, but with God, but not with God, for with God all things are possible. We read the Bible with context. I want you to know the scripture continues here. I like Peter a lot because he'd like put his hand up and say, I got a question. Peter begins to say, God, we've left everything to follow you. That context was right after the rich young ruler. That's when Peter's like, we left everything to follow you. And Jesus answers and says, assuredly, I say to you, there is no one who's left house or brothers or sisters or father or mother or wife or children or lands for my sake and the gospels who shall not receive a hundredfold now in this time houses brothers sisters mothers children lands here it is again with persecutions you want to get persecuted try to prosper and be a Christian and in the age to come eternal life but many who are first will be last and the last first I want listen I deal because Melissa and I have been fortunate enough to experience a lot of success a lot of success we get around a lot of successful people and successful people have the hardest time surrendering to God because they like their freedom 10 years ago or 12 years ago when we showed up at Awaken we weren't very successful we had a very small business and we'd saved up a hundred thousand dollars and it was uh, all we had and we felt God say um, the definition of success for you is my will. And I know you guys were saving for a house, but I want you to put it into vision builders. And we we're like, that's all we have. I want you to know we obeyed him. Not every year has he asked for everything, but that year he did. And it hurt and it was scary and we didn't know what was going to happen. Fast forward. Um, 11 years later to Vision Builders Month last year January or Ju June 22nd we were at the El Cajon campus we had just been asked if we would consider coming to Boise and take over not take over pioneer something and it was like we had everything We'd seen that hundredfold return.
didn't happen in the next year, but I can say this over 10 years, that 100K has grown a hundredfold, a hundredfold. And what we are, what we have and what the, and but the problem with that is it also came with a lot of freedom. We got to kind of call the shots. We got to go to the campus we wanted to go to and now we're preaching all the time and it was just, we liked our freedom. Successful people like their freedom and they like to have control. That's why it's difficult for successful people to come into the kingdom. I want you to know one year ago, we were in a service like this. Pat Masidi was preaching and, we, and God said to us, I'm not, asking for your, I'm not asking for your money this year. Only. <laughs> I still want your money. The reason is he wants our heart, and he's concerned if he doesn't have that, then my heart can get proud. Remember, the remedy for greed is not poverty, it's generosity. Okay, so, but this year he said, I want your freedom. I want you to give me your life. And I want you to know something about the kingdom of God. We don't preach a gospel of prosperity. We teach a gospel of full surrender. That your life is not your own. And if you're truly a Christian, you're fully surrendered. And you no longer call the shots on your life. And I remember we were holding hands there on Wednesday night. And, and we just knew that we knew that we had to lay our life down. And, moved to uh, the Northwest. I'm so pumped for the hundredfold return, babe, in this next decade. We're looking at a lot of them right here. But you know, I think the problem with the church, why it's not impactful, why it's not influential, why it doesn't take territory, is we've cheapened it. We've made it about what God can do for you. We've lost the art of surrender and total surrender. The true gospel is I lay my life down. I lose my life and found his life. The, great, the gospel is this. I found the pearl of great price and sold everything that I have that I might find it. I found a treasure in a field that was so valuable. I sold everything so that I could have that. That's the gospel. It's, it's not all the, I can't promise you what's coming. I can just promise you if you trust God with your life and you surrender your life, Oh, man, he can do something with you. But there is no other gospel. This is the only gospel we preach. He paid for you. And the only appropriate response is that you give your life to him. And so I guess that's a good transition. I didn't mean to get emotional. We're going to have the ushers, or the ushers, the prayer team up here. I'd love to have them up now. I want you to know.
I'll be first in line today to get prayer. Because I'm desperate for God to move in my life right now. But what I'd like for us is if you're ready and you want, you can just have your eyes, maybe close your eyes. You can bow your head. I just want you to do a little inventory of your heart, though. Are you surrendered to God? Like, is it still all about you? Or are you able to make it all about him? This is the, the great exchange. It's less of you. It's exchanging you for him. It's the purity of the gospel as I lay me down. No longer I who live. Christ who lives in me. Where are you? Is it still all about you? Christianity has become what God can do for you? Because the true gospel is I take up my cross and I follow him. And I can't promise everything's pleasant, especially in the days that we're in right now. These days are evil and wicked. And it's going to take some courage to confront some of the stuff that's out there. And if it's all about you, you won't do it. You'll protect your life. But I'm telling you, the call right now is to surrender your life. And if you're here, and listen, please, in a moment like this, it's a bit holy. Don't make this cheap. If you're not ready to do this, don't do this. Please. But if you're here and you feel God calling you, and you want to lay your life down, you want to surrender your life, I want to invite you to the altars. I want you to come up and, and spend time here surrendering your life. Wow, what an amazing word. Um, I hope you enjoyed that as much as I did. Right hey, yeah. listen, for more information about our church, go to www.awakenchurch.com or subscribe to our YouTube channel if you haven't already and download our app. It is amazing. It is chock full of incredible messages, information about upcoming events, and you can even support our ministry if you feel so inclined. We loved having you with us today. We look forward to seeing you again. God bless you. Live a life that is transformative. Bye for now.